For 25 years, Calmore has been creating master plan communities and building new homes that prioritize the well-being of the families who will live in them. Its goal is to offer residents closely knit communities through providing a social framework as well as better living in a luxury environment. Continuing this tradition, Calmore is making wellness the essence of its future communities, many of which are in York Region. In addition, Kyle Moore believes in the importance of strong and unified communities and through its policy of social responsibility, aims to create a lasting positive impact. To learn more, visit kylemoreliving.com. We at On The Way Home would like to acknowledge the original stewards of whose lands this podcast is recorded on. In York Region, we recognize we're on the traditional territories of the Wendat, the Haudenosaunee, and the Anishinaabe peoples, and that this is the treaty lands of the Mississaugas of the Credit. And in Vancouver, we acknowledge that we are on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, the Musqueam, Squahomish, and Tsleil-Waututh, whose presence on these lands continue to this day. Welcome to On The Way Home, a podcast dedicated to the issues surrounding homelessness and the incredible experts making a difference in the lives of homeless people. Remember to subscribe to the podcast anywhere you're listening and share it with a friend. Hello and welcome to another episode of On The Way Home. I am your host, Michael Braithwaite from Blue Door. This podcast is brought to you by Blue Door and our good friends at the Canadian Alliance to End Homelessness. Speaking of the Canadian Alliance, what is going on there? They are doing a lot of training around Built for Zero communities. So if your community wants to become a Built for Zero community, and trust me, they do, Built for Zero means they're going to give you all the tools you need to reduce chronic homelessness, maybe reduce veterans' homelessness, and much, much more. So check out their website at caeh.ca and uh, sign up for that. As well, the big conference is coming up in November. It's not too late to sign up. It is the largest conference of this type in North America with some wonderful speakers from all across Canada and all around the world. We talk about homelessness prevention, indigenous homelessness, and much, much more. So check that out on their website as well. I believe that's November 1st to the 3rd. 1st to the 3rd, I think Wednesday through Friday. But check it out. Sign up. Uh, lots of cool stuff happening this year. It's in Toronto, but if you don't want to travel from out of town, you can do it virtual as well. So either in person or virtual. Very, very cool. As always, great things happening at CAEH and at Blue Door, my organization, which is north of Toronto, working out of York, Peel, and Durham. There's some great things happening there. We are so close uh, to opening. Uh, so York Region, our partners and friends, built this amazing modular build in about 18 months, which is so cool. It's called Passage House. It's 18 units of a four, one bedroom apartments, affordable housing, truly affordable housing for men and Blue Door has uh, the privilege of operating that on behalf of the region. So that will open up in the next couple of weeks. It is a beautiful building, it's dignified, it's affordable, there's supports attached, everything you need to have success in housing. So very, very cool things happening at Blue Door. Just a while back, we did celebrate 40 years of service to our community, which is really, really cool. I made a bold prediction that in 10 more years, uh, our next celebration will be that we have ended homelessness in York region. So. We've got some work to do, but we are up for the challenge. I work with some amazing people at Blue Door and uh, there's amazing people around the world, across Canada, doing this work. Um, and we will get to our guest soon because he is someone contributing to that work in a sense of creating awareness. Uh, but we're up for that challenge. So shout out to my friends at Blue Door. 
keep up the great work. So let's talk about today's guest. Well, one of the reasons we do this podcast on the way home is to create education and awareness. We really believe that if Canadians and if the sector had more knowledge of what's happening in housing, health, homelessness, employment, and the prevention of homelessness, uh, housing first, housing as a human right, we can make big things happen. Most people don't know when you ask them to describe homelessness, they might say, well, you know, they won't say anything because they don't want to say the wrong thing and offend people. But when I ask grade twos, what does homelessness look like? They'll usually describe to me someone who looks a lot like me. They'll say an older guy with a beard asking for change on the side of the road. And while they're not wrong, sometimes that's what it looks like. Street homelessness is only part of what homelessness is. And so people think, you know, in a larger uh, rural communities that it doesn't exist because they can't see it, right? It's invisible and much of homelessness is invisible. So in saying that, creating awareness and educating people, once they know they could take action. And we are so privileged in this sector to work with so many reporters uh, across the board, across the country that do incredible work that tell the stories around housing, homelessness, what's happening, what needs to be done. Uh, doing the, the incredible work that they do, talking to people with lived experience. And today's guest, uh, Matthew Barker, is no exception to that rule. He works now with the St. Catharines Standard in my hometown of St. Catharines, Niagara, but has previously done work in Peterborough as well. So I want to read you his bio because it's really cool. Um, you know, he really, he wrote this bio and it tells you a lot about the person we're about to chat, chat with. So he said, graduating high school in 2011 at the age of 30, I attended Trent University where I studied SOCH and graduated in 2015 before moving on to Mohawk College to study journalism, graduating in 2019 with honors. No doubt, it says, as a child, I grew up in government housing on Ontario Works. Those experiences during the formative years molded me into a person who focused on ways to get out of the gutter and become a better person for myself while wanting to tell the story from the bottom the best way that I knew how. With lived experience in many different areas, from homelessness to alcoholism to drug dependency, I decided to focus my reporting on the rise of these issues throughout society and looking at the issues rarely covered in the daily news cycle. Taking a deeper dive through the causes and potential cures for the issues, I used my position as a reporter to open people's eyes and change minds. Instead of disregarding the issues when seeing someone panhandling in the corner, I wanted to draw attention to why that person was there. Starting at the Peterborough Examiner, I started reporting about the issues that were affecting people in the community from homelessness, housing, and the opioid crisis. After spending two years reporting in Peterborough during the pandemic, I felt it was time to move on to another community, and I took the job with the St. Catharines Standard, where I tackled the same types of stories, just with a wider reader base. Matthew, incredible. Thanks for having the courage to share your story, your journey. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, we asked the same question to everyone who comes on because it means a little something different to everyone some similar themes but different and that is what does home mean to you well, that's a good question i mean home means so many different things to so many different people but for myself i mean it, it offers a place where i can rest my head lock my door and disregard everything beyond that portal i can just sit there have peace of mind and not have to worry about looking over my shoulder uh, about what's going on. Uh, and I think that's a lot of, that uh, people experiencing homelessness need to get past their their trials, I guess, on 
you know, living on the streets is just having a place to rest their head, call their own and be able to lock that door and forget about what's on the other side of it. Yeah, very cool that you say that. One of the conversations that uh, many of our housing workers have when people enter into emergency housing, which uh, is also known as emergency shelter, is they want that key to their front door, right? We say, you know, you deserve more than this. Who are you going to have over for coffee? And, and let's get you the key to the front door. That's such a symbolic thing so many people because it represents that safety and well-being, as, as you well have said. Um, so we, we've had a few reporters on the podcast and you play a pivotal role in preventing and ending homelessness. Can you speak a little bit about how you see your role uh, in the mind of reporters and in general, what their role is in, in, in this sector to help out with that kind of awareness and, and education? Well, I'll, I'll start with the second part of that question first. I mean, the role of the journalist is to tell society's story in such a way that people can relate. And my role as a journalist is just that. What I can do is give a voice to the voiceless. Most of the people that don't have a voice are most of the people that live on the streets or are involved in the shelters don't really have a voice and aren't really given that chance to have their say, even if it's a local newspaper, for instance. They, t they tend to feel disregarded both by society and by the, the local news cycle because they matter just as much as the person down the street who owns their own house, who has their own apartment. These people can give real solutions to issues such as homelessness, such as food insecurity, um, you know, drug addiction, stuff like that, ways that they can overcome and move forward with everything that matters to them. Yeah, it's interesting you said that. It's often said, you know, nothing for us without us. And you're so right. That missing often in what we think are solutions are the voices of people that are actually living through it to say, hey, you think that's what's going to work. I'll tell you what hasn't worked for me and what I know would help me. And so, yes, that's awesome that you're giving that voice to it. Now, uh, you have a platform, which is very important. So how can journalists use that platform to really affect change in society moving forward? Well, one of the great things I noticed, and a lot of people brought to my attention when I was working in Peterborough, especially because I have that two and a half years experience in that, um, it's all about education in a way. Using the newspaper, using the internet as a platform to educate people um, about what homelessness is and how to change it and to change minds when looking at someone who's experiencing homelessness as a way of looking at them as more than their issue. They are a person. Um, just because they're living on the street doesn't make them any less valued as a person. It just means life has given them certain aspects that they might not have been able to overcome or counter because one, they might not have a support circle, i.e. family, close friends, stuff like that that are willing to give them that hand up when they're falling right and i think it's it's amazing that we can actually change that dialogue as journalists and watch it just grow blossom like a flower if you will um about 
how to change those minds in those even small communities, larger communities, you know what I mean? And it's, I don't know, I, I just think it's, it's great as a journalist to be able to do that and see it working in a way that uh, wasn't there before. Um, you know, I was praised a lot and, and it's, it has nothing to do with me, but, you know, they praised me a lot for the efforts I put into changing the way people saw homelessness in Peterborough. I just saw something that wasn't being reported on. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the people experiencing it and me giving them a voice to say, hey guys, I'm here. This is how I'm treated. This is how I'd like to be treated. And I think that's the way journalists can approach this and change it. Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, provides high-quality residential and commercial construction and property services in the greater Toronto area. More than a business with a heart, Construct is a real solution to preventing and ending homelessness. Through its eight-week paid skills trades training program, complete with wraparound supports and on-the-job work experience, Construct lifts people out of poverty and into opportunity. To hire Construct for your next project, or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca. I think you have a very unique approach. I'm wondering, too, uh, you're very open uh, in your bio talking about your lived experience. How much does that play into the work that you do, or, or does it have an effect on, on the work, how you approach it? I mean, personally, I mean, I'm the first generation of my family to actually go to post-secondary. My mother, my father did not. So for me to have that access and to push past that and to become something more than just, you know, a working, you know, for lack of a better term, a working, um, I, I don't actually have a term for it without uh, sounding very derogatory. I mean, we're called uh, working slobs, I guess, um, you know, but my experiences growing up in that kind of propelled me forward, especially once I learned about sociology and the way it looks at society and the way that it deals with society and the inequalities and inequities in society. Um, it just kind of propelled me forward, giving me more steam to talk about these issues because I lived them and nobody was really addressing them at the time. So for me to see somewhere I can make change and I fit in really piqued my interest to become a reporter. I always used to, you know, I love writing and it was always a passion of mine growing up. And people always say, never pursue your passions as a career because it will be destroyed. Um, but changing and addressing homelessness and uh, people living with addiction and you know all these things that I've experienced throughout my life kind of helped me keep moving forward gave me a reason because there's other people out there like me who wanted to make a change and need to make that change and want to see people thrive not living on the streets giving them options you know like tiny homes or 
you know, better solutions to housing instead of a shelter system. Absolutely. I mean, it sounds like it's very personal for you. And I think it, it's just, you know, when you're approaching people, um, that openness to share whatever will get them to open up as well. Now, you've been reporting on this for a while. And you've heard a lot of stories, I'm sure some very heartbreaking. Can you talk about any of the stories that have stayed with you over time and share any of those as you can? Yeah, there was, uh, going back to my Peterborough Examiner days, um, there was a lot of people I met during that time, um, you know, at, green around the gills, if you will, uh, stepping out onto the streets um, of Peterborough as a reporter. Um, you know, I, I met some really great people who were fighting for the same causes, right? Um, advocates, if you will. And meeting them and growing relationships with them really, you know, brought some sense of camaraderie to me. And, you know, there, there's been a few stories that really hit me hard. And at times I thought, that maybe it would be better if I pulled back a bit and I wasn't so empathetic to the issues. But then that was one of those things that really elevated my reporting was the empathy that I put into it and the passion I brought to it. So for me, I, I, I think, you know, there's, all, there's so many, I, I can't pinpoint just one because they're all little bits you know what I mean they all make me sad they all make me want to do more but I think working with some of the great uh, advocates in Peterborough especially uh, a homelessness advocate who is himself homeless his name is Dan Hennessy he really helped open my eyes to you know things that I might not have experienced when I was homeless as a youth, um, you know, and, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was, it's very heartwarming to see others coming together and trying to come to a common goal. You know, I've worked on stories with tiny homes, uh, opioid, the opioid crisis, um, people living on the streets and their life. So it's really hard for me to just pick one if that makes sense for sure yeah some ongoing themes i've heard you say uh, throughout those stories and, and and yeah you know i mean change does not happen without advocacy so great to hear that you've talked with uh, many strong ones too and and many with lived experience now you've been both in peterborough and st catharines different communities i'm sure there's some similarities can you talk a little bit about what did homelessness look like through a reporter's lens in peterborough if you were to describe it and and now coming to niagara does it look different what are the similar similarities and differences yeah similarities i mean there's always going to be a person experiencing homelessness that is willing to talk and the best thing you can do is listen right let them tell their story um a lot of similarities you know with regards to shelters with regards to meal programs um you know things that are offered to these to these people um can really have a beneficial 
outcome for them, but also have a negative outcome if it's not applied properly. So I guess in, in Peterborough, people felt a lot of people experiencing homelessness felt that not enough was being done and they were being swept under the rug. Um, you know, with regards to uh, encampments uh, being dismantled, moved along, stuff like that, they felt that there was no real purpose if there wasn't shelter spaces. And they really found it difficult to reconcile that. And it kind of, you know, opposite of that is St. Catharines, where there's so many uh, different um, programs, sorry, there's so many different programs that are offered for the people experiencing homelessness that they feel that it can be beneficial for them, but also at the same time, you know, when an encampment is moved and people are moved along, that there are shelter spaces or some sort of program in place to help them, even even if small, right? And so... So, so you say Niagara, it seems that, and not to put words in your mouth, but Niagara is a little better resourced, or it seems to be, than uh, Peterborough would be at the time? So far, yes. I've only been in St. Catharines uh, now just shy of three months. So, I mean, two years versus three months, I mean, things could be misrepresented differently. You know what I mean? So it, it's hard to say, but from my initial um interactions with both cities it seems like niagara region and uh st catharines are very much uh more on the more on trying to fix homelessness if that makes sense yeah yeah there's some, i mean i know uh people in both peterborough and st catharines i know in niagara you've got uh individuals like michael Lethby from the raft uh you've got a character um Port Colburn named John Braithwaite uh, that may or may not be related to me doing some good work at the Hope Center. Um, but lots of good people doing good work uh, in Niagara and Peterborough as well, right? Where I, I think in those communities, sometimes uh, you know, some people sometimes see homelessness as a big city problem. Absolutely it is. Um, but it absolutely is in Niagara and Peterborough as well. Now, from you've been involved in this for a couple of years. Uh, and this is just purely your opinion as you've talked to a lot of people and you reported on what is the change in our sector or or in Canada for for our country to make strides in preventing and ending homelessness? What's not happening? What sorry, can you say that again? Yeah, no problem. What, you, you've been reporting on this from the, talking to people with lived experience, people who are living on the streets, people you know, what do they share with you? What has to change? Uh, in, in our country for us to really make a dent in preventing and ending homelessness to push this further along? I think, me personally, I, I think more involvement with people experiencing homelessness, bringing them into the fold more, um, honoring their opinions on what's working, what's not. Because there are, you know, a lot of negative connotations are bestowed upon them you know 
Uh, they're, they're called everything from scum to junkies to everything. And I think that needs to change and understanding how these people are experiencing that they're not all users of drugs. You know what I mean? They don't, a lot of time, um, it's very almost an afterthought to use alcohol and drugs as a way to cope. Um, and I think first steps would be getting them <clears throat> a home and watching how things change for them. You know, it's going to drive them forward. It's going to make them feel like someone's listening to them and someone's, you know, helping them, you know, everybody needs a hand up every once in a while, some more than others. So I think doing that is one of the most fundamental things that we can do it, uh, to help people with lived experience. Um, yeah, I think I got off track there, but no, no, that's right. I mean, I think if the number one thing, I think you're hearing these voices, they're saying involve us in the conversations. Things will probably move uh, a lot faster because if you're doing the right things, that will really make a difference. Um, so listen to those voices of lived experience. Absolutely, we need to do that. And we're not going to we're not going to move forward if we don't do that, uh, for sure. And Matthew, it has been so great uh, speaking with you. And, and we're so I'm so grateful as the sector is for you we're bringing these stories to the forefront and telling the stories. If people want to check out your work or follow you or see what you're doing, I'll follow you, you know, like uh, in person, but follow you uh, social, on social media. Where would they go? Um, I'm on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all under different hashtags and, and names. Um, I don't have uh, unified... Um, but they can reach me on Twitter at, uh, at Matthew P. Barker or Matt. Yeah. Matthew P. Barker. And, uh, um, Instagram as this is Maddie B's life and <laughs> Facebook as, uh, Oh, um, Matthew Barker reporting. On Facebook. Very cool. And if people have stories and they want to reach out, if they know of people in the Niagara region that uh, great stories of lived with lived experience to, that they would want to tell, they could reach out to you. I, I bet through the St. Catherine Standard. Uh, yeah, at uh, m barker at niagaradailies.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Like I said, thanks for what you do. Thanks for sharing these stories. You are making a difference. I'm sure you're a young man. You're going to continue to make a difference. So glad you joined us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I said at the beginning, you know, the reason we roll this podcast is simply to create that awareness, share ideas, create education. Uh, Matthew, as a reporter, is doing much the same. Uh, a great guy, a young man who's taking his own lived experience uh, and, and has become part of the solution. And we are grateful for that. Another great guest on our show and another great episode. Uh, we'll see you next time on the way home.
I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.